It is Saturday afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'm in with my good friend, Jake Downs. We have been uh, shooting so many arrows, our fingers are blistered. So if you don't like, I've gotten a little bit of flack lately that there's too much talk of traditional archery on the Kafaru cast. So don't listen to this one if you don't want to listen to traditional archery. But we have been mixing it up anymore, uh, or mixing it up a little bit uh, as of late. So Jake, thanks for coming down. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, Jake's staying at the house. We were, uh, we're doing the... Great American recurve shootout, sort of. Uh, what do we have? We had a Stalker Coyote FXT, and then we had a I, uh, Wingard Ibex 18-inch riser, a Black Widow PSA, uh, Bob Lee Hardcore, and a Palmer. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we, the idea here was um, we were, well... Jake and I are built about identical, shoot about the same draw lengths and everything, and he's looking at getting a new bow anyway, and so it worked out where we could check everything as far as speeds and all that different kind of, you know, crap or whatever, um, and I was pretty cool. Um, I, you ended up liking the Bob Lee uh, the most, it seems like, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I think uh, you told me that uh, Mike Palmer, I, I've always shot a Palmer, so... Um, I think you said they were partners at one time, and it it uh, it has more mass weight, which I really wanted, and I really did not want a wood riser anymore. Um, and w- w- what did you say this one was? Phenolic? I think it's phenolic, and then it's yeah. got the cool, you know, wood, uh, I guess they're overlays, I don't know what they're called, but it's got some stuff on it that makes it look like there's right. wood in there. Well, th- that, that stuff can just fall off as far as I'm concerned, but uh, no, no, it, it shot... Uh, uh, probably, I was probably the most comfortable with it because maybe because of the Palmer, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, it, it seemed to fit me pretty well. Yeah. And we got, so we had, I'm trying to think we, so 630 grain arrow, we're shooting, uh, the, well, it's a 350 spine and it's a day six and I've got a hundred grain, um, combo for outserts and then a 200 grain tip. So it's 630 grains total. And all those bows were within a couple feet of each other, really. Yeah. Yeah. They, I was surprised at that. Even, even my Palmer, that's a little less weight. It really wasn't, uh, that far off. I mean, if you did the math, I think it would have probably, um, ended up about the same if it had been the same weight. Yeah. And my findings, um, uh, you know, over the past, whatever, couple years of screwing around all, you know, and Tom Clum told me this, all the clums told me this, that the whole speed buzz and everything else is not a, uh, a, like a crock, but basically that there's, unless you get a super, super curly, uh, t- like a, like a border, um, or a Morrison, you're not going to see any difference really in speed. And, and, and we didn't, I mean, not enough. I don't give a shit about a foot or two. So that was good to know. Yeah. Um, but it was weird. Some of the bows drew, uh, smoother than others. One, some of them seemed to have a little bit better as far as shootability or a little smoother. Some of the bows are so freaking close as far as I can shoot the Lee, the Wingard and the Widow all pretty damn good. And it seemed like you could as well. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they all feel a little different, but, uh, um, and each one has its strengths. I think, um, at the end of the day, it just, it just came down to, um, you know, which one fit, fit in my hand and, and, uh, had the, had the specs that I wanted, I guess the quietness, the quiet, 
quiet bow is is my is a big thing for me and i, I would say the the bob lee was the quietest bow uh, not by a lot, but I think it was definitely I'd say the it quietest. Just, it, it definitely just nudged out the widow. I yeah, would say, yeah, barely. But I mean, you could. It was just a. Even if it wasn't an, an actual audible, uh, you could hear the, the. It was just a different sound, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hard to tell. I mean, so I mean, I've shot a ton of different bows, but the first year I shot the Hoyt Buffalo. Um, and really, that's, I mean, I shot the Palmer a little bit, but I shot the Buffalo. And then this year, I shot the Widow, and I shot a few other ones. But the Widow is what I kill most stuff with. And then towards the end of the season, I shot the Wingard. And Trent Wingard is an unbelievable guy, and he makes an amazing bow. I think for me, um, I just, that Widow, I've got had such good luck with it. It feels so comfortable in my hand. It's hard for me to just not shoot that Widow. So I, I definitely like the Widow you know, the best out of all of them, but I could kill something with any of them. Um, you know, yeah. personally anyway, I, I felt confident enough with any of them. It wouldn't have mattered, but yeah, yeah, no. And, and you're right, Trent, he's become a pretty good friend of mine. And, and, uh, he, he sent me a bow, um, the first bow he sent me and, and, uh, it just didn't, I, I don't know, like I said, I mean, it, it's just personal preference and it, it didn't really fit me very well. Um, and then, uh, this last, the bow that we shot this last time, um, you know, it, it shot, I would say, honestly, it was probably the smoothest drawing bow we had. Um, uh, yeah, definitely. I would say that, you know, and it, it was the only one that was a little different. It was 64 inches long. Um, but, uh, yeah. But I tell you what, that was, it was not by much. It was the fastest bow for technically not having the most usable limb. And so it shouldn't have really been, we weren't really pushing those limbs, opening them up as much as we are the shorter riser and longer limb, but it's still faster. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah, 177, I think, is the what the what the Wingard shot. Yeah, and uh, is it the only one that had carbon limbs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe yep. that, I mean, that might've had yep. something to do with it. No, for, for sure. Um, the other, you know, kind of screw, just cause of all the questions we've gotten and, and everything else and guys buying different bows and asking what they should get. You can't go wrong with any of these bows. Um, I would say where you can go wrong is the grip for me. The grip can be yeah. wrong. Um, they can modify the grip. You can get a different grip, but if your grip is not, comfortable in your hand i think that part will be bad um yeah i think that actually is why and uh, i've talked to trent about building me a bow with the palmer grip and he and he said he would and he you know we've talked a lot about it um but yeah i, I would say the grip has a lot to do with it probably the most important as far as repeatability i guess would be the the big thing uh, yeah. you know you're looking yeah. at but and then we had uh the mountain muffler bowstring on all of them, and that's definitely my favorite uh, bowstring. I, it just seems to really deaden the sound of, of uh, you know, the different bows. Um, I think, anyway, I've tried a bunch of different strings, and I, 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 I mean, I, that is one that I just literally recommend anybody with a traditional bow to buy a mountain muffler string. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've actually never shot them before. I've talked to that guy um a couple times uh and i was supposed to send him some specs on getting me one but uh just never got it done but yeah i'll, I'll definitely be 
uh, probably putting that on <laughs> the rest of my bows from here on out. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it, I mean, it was just nice to, for me to finally have, um, you know, a string that I could always count on. They're always the same, you know, they don't, I don't know, probably after the first, oh, I don't know, 20, 30 shots, it's settled. I don't have to worry about it twisting. It's ready to, you know, roll. Cause I've had guys ask me, cause I started just putting the clicker cord through the string and not, you know, wrapping it. Cause you know, if the string twists, it'll go backwards. But with his strings, I don't have to worry about that because once it's done twisting, it stays in the same spot every time anyway. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, um, I think, uh, is it, we're kind of screwed. I mean, well, I guess we should talk about bows a little bit more here. I haven't been doing this long enough to have like this long, like drawn out, like there's just shit that I just don't know. But if guys are looking at um, getting a bow and they're going to buy a high-end bow, um, I don't know exactly what all the different companies offer as far as demo bows. I know Widow offers a demo plan so you can just try the bow out. Um, I would say if you live by a place like that, go try out the grip. There's no doubt you're going to get a bow to fit you. Figure out what grip you want, and you can have a modify it a little bit. Um, the draw length is important, and the length of the bow. So you want to make sure, you know, if you're 28, well, probably 29, 28, 29, 30, 62-inch bow, you can probably go a little bit shorter if you're 28, but 28, 29, 30, get a 62-inch bow. You start getting above 30, even 29 and a half, you might want to get a 64-inch bow. These are rough numbers. Um, you can get finger pinch um, when you go shorter than that, and because you, you're 29 and you, yeah, yeah. And I just uh, my draw length just kind of extended. Um, been playing with a few things, and and uh, yeah, my Palmer's 60 inches, and I do get finger pinch out of it. Um, and, and that was one thing that I really liked about all of these bows. Uh, is I didn't seem to get as much finger pinch. Yeah, and you shot the, I mean, I will say you shot, for just grabbing that bow, you shot the shit out of that Lee, um, you know, really well. And that's got the stable lock system, which I like the idea of that. And, and well, it's important to me for traveling with the Widow. I have those antler uh, knurled knobs for tightening the limbs on. Uh, with the Lee, it just slides out like an ILF system. Just call it a hunting ILF system, and they just slide in. You don't need any tools. That's huge when you're traveling, and you travel yeah. a bunch for hunting as well. Yeah, that's that's super handy. I mean, honestly, I, I've I've never done it um, like cross threaded my my uh, my bolts, my limb bolts, but it, it is on my mind. And that's I mean, how how devastating could that be? Um, or if you forget your Allen. Oh yeah. That that's what I worry about. I don't worry about cross threading as much. I do worry about forgetting an Allen wrench, losing the bolt. Uh that one bothers me a bit. So but for, but losing or losing an Allen to get it to tight, you really it you got to have those things locked down pretty good and there's not that many things that simulate an Allen head, so you'd be kind of screwed. Yeah, yeah, for sure that uh um I haven't, we didn't ever, uh, take that apart, but I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that and seeing how that works. But you kind of explained it to me and it, it, uh, uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I, I, I think that'll be really handy for, uh, you know, disassembling and, and, uh, traveling for sure. 
Yeah, let's talk um, a little bit about traveling because I get a lot of questions about guys traveling and how they kind of set up their, you know, if they're going to fly, what goes where, whatever. How, you go kind of go through what you do, and then I'll go through what I do. on. This is with a compound or a stick bow, but traveling for different hunts. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I have a, a perfect system yet. Um, I, I'm always looking for a good piece of luggage because uh, my arrows are so long that I can, you know, the bow is easy. I, I usually put it in, uh, I don't even know what kind of a case it is. It's, um, it's you know, a hard tube. And uh, um, so that, that usually fits in almost any kind of longer luggage, but my arrows uh, make it tough and, and uh, um, you know, I get worried about, cause I don't know, uh, the, the baggage people, they seem to, I've watched them throw my bag off the, off the deal onto the, onto the cart or whatever. And, and, uh, so, you know, I usually, what I usually do is, um, I get my bow, I pack some clothes under it and then, uh, my arrows have to go in kind of at an angle. So I have to kind of situate things in there and then I try to put as much soft stuff on top as well um and and so far it hasn't really bit me but uh um until I find something better that's kind of how I do it and then um yeah I don't know I I love travel I've, I've only traveled with a compound once and I hated it uh just having that bow case that can't really haul anything but the bow and a few few items um, was frustrating to me because usually I can take one bag, one, you know, checked bag, which is $50 or whatever they are, um, instead of two. So, um, yeah, the, the takedown recurve is the, the way I go. Yeah. And so is yours a hard PVC tube? Yeah. Is it green on the outside? It's green on the outside. that's, uh, far North archery. Far North. Okay. Yeah. That sounds right. At Idaho. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's what I used my first year. Yeah. Now this year I've got a Pelican hard case and it holds two dozen arrows. It had a foam laser cut insert for everything to fit perfectly. I ripped that shit out because I can fit more crap in there. And so I put camo. So generally my archery repair kit, my extra broadheads, I keep my broadheads on the arrows in that case because there's a divider. I put my bow in there and whatever clothing I can fit. Um, in my big duffel, you know, I've got all the normal stuff for backpacking, backpack hunting, meaning I got my stove and, and that kind of crap in the other duffel. What I think people really need to realize where you can get screwed, you need to have in your carry-on your optics, your camera gear, pretty much like your your SAR beacon. I always say always keep that Delorme inReach in your carry or in your carry-on case you ever have to use it because you get stuck in the middle of nowhere who knows what but contacts charging cords um you know whatever you're going to need if your bags get lost just to survive until your damn bags get there by the way air canada sucks so try not to you know fly with them but so if you get stuck in a place if you get whatever you've got your toothbrush, contact solution, migraine pills, ibuprofen, whatever it is you take. Uh, And then you've got your breakables, your spotter, your tripod. Well, not your tripod, excuse me, your spotter, your binoculars, your rangefinder, SAR beacon, camera gear. Um, 
in that charging cables, all that kind of crap are in your carry ons. So you're not, nothing's getting broken. And then you just got to pray to God that your other crap shows up. Now, the cool thing with that SKB case or what you use, the SKB takes up more room, takes up more weight, but I can fit that in a duffel and still put more crap on top. Yeah. And so the key to victory here is if you don't have a weight limit is get as much crap into two duffels that you can, uh, you know, for the hunt. I also bring a change of undies, socks, and normal clothing in my carry-on as well just so I've got them. Do you do it kind of like that? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, a lot of the hunts that I'm flying to, I don't, I'm not really backpacking. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I guess when I went to Alaska, I did. Um, and if I do that, a lot of times I'll pack my, uh, my backpack, um, and then just shove it in a duffel bag so it doesn't get destroyed. Um, and, uh, that, that you know, works pretty good. Uh, but yeah, the Pelican case, that, that's interesting to me. I'd never understood why the, the, that, what did you call that green case? Great far north. Great far north. Okay. The only thing I don't like about it is uh, both end. well, one end is just fabric. Yep. There's no, and, you know, your limbs are in there, and they go all the way to the bottom. So if that gets shoved, you know, I always shove something like, uh, you know, big ball of underwear or something against it because I'm afraid that that could, you know, yep. potentially. Yeah. Yeah, and so I ended up basically taking a sock for my limbs mm-hmm. and wedging underwear. Well, I wedged a towel. Um, you know those chamois? Oh, yeah. Chamois towels in the bottom of that and then wedged my limbs in that and then put it in that. Um, that far north, I strongly suggest for people to look at that if they're not bringing a lot of other, um, like, crap or whatever. Because when I say crap, if you don't want a lot of stuff protected in your case— that doesn't take up a lot of room in a duffel. Yeah. That that Pelican, Randy doesn't like it, cooling. Yeah. It's too heavy, you know, weight limits. Um, I like it. I can pre-spin all my arrows and broadheads. I put them in there. They're protected. And so that's handy, but it is heavier, but I don't have to worry about breaking. Cooling uses a transformer case from Safari Tough, so you can use it as a normal case, and then you can take your bow apart and it folds up, and they wad clothes around it. So... The one thing, I always bring two stringers because I'm paranoid about stringers. And even though you can string it on your knee or your, excuse me, around your leg or, you know, whatever, um, Mm. I always bring enough stuff to rebuild my clicker, to rebuild my shelf a couple times. If my, you know, the fuzz comes off, I use just sticky Velcro if that comes off. Enough to do nail knots, all that kind of stuff. I bring a backup string, you know. Depending upon how many arrows I bring and what I'm going to hunt, if I'm going for like this goat hunt, I'm probably not going to be winging arrows at a ton of stuff. I'm going on a goat hunt. Yeah. So I do try to bring though um, uh, some field tips or judo tips just to practice. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of guys that don't do that, and that's part of the fun of midday lull on a hunt is winging arrows at you know whatever. For sure. Yeah. No, I I almost always have a uh, some sort of a thumper in my, in my case. And, and I'm pretty bad, even if there's rocks. I mean, I, I, I think I lost two or three arrows up there, uh, when we were goat hunting, cause I shot them into the tundra and, and they were gone. Um, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I guess, uh, even if there's rocks, I've been known to shoot and, and, uh, break a few arrows, but 
Well, I, I was telling you on the bear hunt, you're probably going to lose more arrows practicing because it's the boredom because you just don't hunt until the afternoon a whole lot. And so, you know, you start winging them too far. You're not paying attention or whatever. And the next thing you know, you've lost more arrows than you did on the bear hunt. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, uh, I always take a ton of arrows with me, no matter where, what I'm doing. Um, because I, I don't know, I, I like to shoot a lot like you and, and, uh, whatever, uh, if there's a small game to be hunted, I mean, I'll, I'll, I will literally take off of a stock and shoot a grouse or a rabbit, <laughs> squirrel, whatever. If, as long as it's, you know, I mean, if it's in season, uh, I just can't help myself. I don't know. I, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Part of the fun with the stick. Yeah. Well, I got better odds. I think at the, the small game, I, you know, I figure, oh, well. Yeah. The well, deer will be there. I will say this, you know, we were talking about this, I said this will be about trad, but when you're traveling the same thing with a compound, make sure in your SKB or your Pelican case or whatever you have, one, don't buy a piece of shit because it'll break in the airlines, almost guaranteed. Load that thing up with as much clothing as you can because you're, you can't fit a compound case in a duffel. And so inside that, you're going to want to... I wrap as I put as much either a puffy jacket, my fleece layers, because I don't need that much clothing for a backpack hunt anyway. Get as much in that as you can because you may run out of room. So don't forget about that. Do the same thing on the compound. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's kind of funny. This should be, uh, and this is probably maybe people think I'm stupid for even bringing this up, but uh, I've seen guys put their broadheads in on their arrows in their oh, i've seen in, people do oh, it too and i've seen guys that uh, i've heard of guys that have ended up in the airport you know in alaska or whatever with just nothing but a, a blown up bow because their <laughs> their broadheads took out their strings so uh that sounds like it would be common sense but uh um yeah i don't know somebody actually told me that and i was like oh yeah that's a good idea when i was young so um yeah, and that's one thing I like about that pelican is you've got a divider. Yeah. So there's no way it can get past because I do. I leave them on in there. Yeah. But I've seen several people do what you're talking about in a cut string. The other, you know, the other thing traveling, people, do you bring a backup set of boots? If I've got room, because it's like triage. You, if I if I have room, I bring two boots. I very rarely need two boots, but if I can, I'll yeah. bring two. Now. If it gets to the point to where um, if I have enough room to put two boots in my duffel for simple, the pain in the ass of traveling through the airport, I just wear tennis shoes through the airport. If I don't have the luxury and I need the room, I wear one set of hunting boots on the airplane. I pack another set just in case in the, the bag. And then I'll just throw some kind of a traveling shoe or something that doesn't take up much room. I can fit that in my pack that goes under the seat in front of me if I have to, but a lot of this depends. Well, let's say, okay. Cause I have to take a pee break without anybody making fun of me. Jake, if you're coming out to hunt mule deer with me, um, and you had to fly out to Colorado, what, like, what are you thinking you would probably take as far as, uh, you know, clothing or what would you pack as far as traveling? How many arrows would you take that kind of crap on a 10 day, like backpack hunt? Um, yeah, I guess, uh, if I was flying out here, um, I, you know, I, I'd probably shove, uh, 18 arrows in my arrow case. Um, as far as, uh, for me on boots, I don't, um, 
I usually wear my hunting boots. I don't take an extra pair of shoes. I wear them on the plane. They're, they seem, I wear them every day to work, so it doesn't really bother me to wear my hunting boots. So I wear those, and if, if it's going to be wet, like in Alaska, I took uh, an extra pair, and they are super heavy. So if, um, or, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, they, they add quite a bit of weight. So, um, when you're, when you're watching weight, it, it takes, uh, takes some space, but, um, if I was coming out here just to, to do, um, some deer hunting, I would just bring one pair of boots and I just wear those, um, on the plane. I try to keep mine stuff down to next to another. I'd probably, um, pack my, I'd probably honestly pack my, uh, Kafaru up and I would just leave it the way it is and I would shove it in this big huge body duffel bag I have um so it doesn't get beat up on uh, you know while the the guys are throwing it around um honestly I I might even go as far as wearing <laughs> the clothes I was going to hike in with um I usually wear a brown um you know a, a solid color bottom and then I'd wear just a t-shirt whatever and, uh, I, I may have an extra pair, but that wouldn't be going in with me. I would just, uh, leave that, you know, um, in the bag or in the truck or whatever, when we got to where, where we were going. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of times I wear, uh, I wear solid, solid bottoms. So, um, I can do that. You know, I don't have to, to, uh, change out of my hunting clothes if I don't need to, or don't want to, and, um, saves me a lot of weight. And I agree with you. I generally don't bring a backup set of boots for um, for a hunt like coming to Colorado or whatever. Yeah. If I have to, I've got room. It certainly doesn't hurt me. But I pretty much do the same thing you do. I preload. I end up having to reload it anyway, um, inevitably. But I pr- I'll pre-pack my pack and just throw it in a big-ass duffel. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, you know, when people are traveling, the one thing I would urge you— uh, people to do is not overpack even when traveling now as i say that i'm a horrible overpacker when i got the room i don't care i yeah. just throw a bunch of crap in but you really only on a backpack hunt need one set of pants a couple socks a couple sets of underwear one you have on merino or t- whatever t-shirt long sleeve puffy jacket rain jacket you don't you just don't need a whole lot and so I think what happens, people buy all that cool shit in the off season. They want to put it in their pack. And you saw my shit in my garage. I've got (laughs) way more than I need. But when I go on a, um, oh, on a backpack hunt, it's so freaking Spartan anyway. I mean, I could have the coolest shit in the world ever and I still couldn't fit it in a pack. I can only fit what I, you know, need in there. And this goes the same with your stuff you need day to day, I make sure I have a change of pants um, that are clean. Yeah. I have a change of shirt that's clean. That's well, about it. <laughs> well, yeah. And if you're flying, it's just, uh, that's just common decency. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I've come out of the, and got on a plane and, and I wasn't, I did, the person next to me, um, they didn't get their money's worth on the plane. <laughs> I, I could say that. Yeah, it just, it happens. I mean, depending upon, you know, how rushed you are getting out and yeah. everything else, it is what it is. But uh, one of the other things I was going to talk about, you just put a clicker on, not for the first time, but 
this is the first time you kind of got the hang of it, it seemed like anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, I swore. I mean, I literally swore up and down that I'd never put a clicker on my bow. Um, I don't know. I, I, it, uh, but I don't know. I could see how it was helping, and, and I had a big problem with uh, short drawing. I, you know, I don't necessarily collapse, but, uh, you know, I'd come back and, I, and I'd let it, let it rip, and I, didn't have that much trouble with that causing any, you know, uh, problem shooting, I guess, at animals. You know, I, I don't remember a time that I short drew and it, and it cost me an animal, but um, I, I, I wanted something more consistent. And uh, after I got the hang of it, I, I may not uh, use the clicker the way that uh, you're intended to. I don't necessarily always pull through it. Um, every now and then I get to it and I just keep pulling and, and, and I let it rip. So I may be even overdrawing a little bit with the clicker sometimes, um, but it it definitely helps me get really, you know, that that eighth of an inch, quarter of an inch, honestly, for me, where in my ranges is not that big of a deal. Um that that I've seen anyway. I I don't. I could be wrong, but no. I I th- I have a problem with overdrawing. So yeah. that was my thing. Is I would draw farther than I needed to. So that's why it's good to be on there for me. But I had um, uh, Donnie is down. Vincent is down at that immersion clinic. Yeah, and he's kind of he messaged me. He's like, hey, can you video your shot sequence to me? And I said, look, it's not right. I was like, it's not what they're teaching you. Yeah. And I said, the only thing that is correct to what they're teaching you probably is I don't lose tension. Yeah. And uh, I said, I think it's more conducive to hunting. Um, and I said, but that may be just me telling myself that, and it's not, you know, because right. I hunch over. You do the same thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's like, what? And I think he's just trying to fill himself up as much info as he can and kind of pick from it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know uh, where my lean came from. Uh, honestly... Uh, I think it's just more comfortable that way. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, uh, and I, I, I've always had a problem with, uh, the front shoulder. Um, and I've, it, it's always, that's how I, uh, lengthened my draw length. I just dropped that front shoulder. Um, and it's been way more comfortable, way more stable. Um, and I gained probably at least an inch. From dropping it, yeah. Oh, yeah. That high shoulder, and I still have a bit of a high shoulder, but not, not horrible, but bad enough. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, bad enough to where you certainly, it can just, it can, you can end up having physical issues from having a high shoulder is yeah. one of the problems, like long term. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's uh, that was the biggest thing for me is is I, I want to shoot my bow till I'm uh, dead, I guess. Uh, so I kind of wanted to do a few things that would uh, maybe help that out and and gaining an extra inch of, of draw length has been just a perk of that oh yeah for sure how did you shoot the last couple days compared to normal were you up or down or about the average uh you know I shot I shot okay um I was actually surprised at how good I shot with the Bob Lee and and even really the other two bows um just picking them up because I've never shot. I mean, I've shot a Wingard before, but uh, um, I've I've never had a Black Widow in my hands. I've never had a um, a Bob Lee either, and uh, they just uh, they're all high quality bows, and and uh, they shot pretty well. So 
Um, I'm still working on some form stuff, so my, my shooting may be not exactly where I want it, but I, I felt pretty good about it. We probably could have stopped shooting quite some time ago. <laughs> we may have possibly shot slightly longer than we should have. I don't know how many arrows we fired today or even in the last... Uh, you know, couple days, but good God, it was a lot. It and was I a shoot lot. a lot normally. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not that way. I, um, up until recently, honestly, my my training uh, or my whatever shooting regiment was, uh, you know, maybe thirty arrows in the backyard or or um, in my range that I have. Uh, and I I always shot broadhead, so I didn't want to wreck arrows. So I'd shoot an arrow and I'd go get it, and I'd shoot an arrow and I'd go get it. So. Um, I didn't get a lot of arrows in um, unless I went to a 3D or something. Me and my wife, uh, w you know, would go to like the R100 and just shoot until we couldn't move and it was dark. Um, but yeah, it's been a long time since I've shot that many arrows. Yeah, I, I mean, I shoot too much, but I knew I was going to shoot one of these bows um, coming up. I'm going down to, to Texas next Saturday to shoot, uh, to hunt Owdad and... I wasn't sure which bow I was going to shoot. Um, I'd shot the Wingard a bunch. I'd shot the Lee a little. I'd shot the Widow none. Um, I'd shot a Widow a shit ton, but I, that one was new. Um, and so uh, I'd shot the... Now, the Stalker, I will say, um, the Stalker's grip, I just need to have South work on it for me because it's not quite perfect. So I hadn't shot the Stalker really at all. And I didn't, ha I didn't intend on um, hunting with it just because I needed to modify the grip some on it and I wanted to just get it in there because South's a good guy makes a great bow yeah. and I just wanted to get the speeds and everything out of it so people you know could, saw it one and knew the speeds it was getting and everything else but I wasn't I tried to go into this with like a open mind as we were breaking these bows down and shoot them all and just see which one shot best which one was the quietest smoothest drawing you know every you know the whole thing so I'm running out of time, and so I needed to fling a shitload of arrows out of all these, and we shot it. Well, 38 ended up being about my point on, and 30. Yeah, it was like 32 for me, um, and I, I've i never shot a point on, and, and uh, I, I, I need to work on it, but uh, um, it, it's definitely something I, I want to put in the bag, and, and uh, um I, I think it's something I can I can get nailed down for longer range. Yeah, and I you know I think it is vital to know it for longer distances. I think it can almost be a hindrance at closer distances if you're used to gripping it and ripping it. Um, so you know, for me, it's a farther distance you know type of a thing. But I've actually you know it doesn't initially. I thought my point on be closer when I went to six thirty, yeah. but it didn't really change just a couple yards. Um, you know, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But what uh, what all hunts do you got planned coming up for this year? Uh, well, I got, uh, quite a few this spring. Um, you and I are gonna, uh, you, you invited me to, uh, BC for bears. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. I, uh, I'm going to try to sneak actually, uh, it's funny you're going Audad hunting. I'm going to try to sneak over to Texas as well. Um, and hunt Audad. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I've heard they're pretty, uh, tough animals, but, uh, uh, of course, turkeys. You know, I li live in Nebraska, so turkeys is is uh, 
you know, until their tags are, are filled, I guess, type of thing, something to do. And then, uh, uh, we'll just see what the, the draws, uh, come up with. And, and, uh, I know I've, I've got a moose hunt that I've had booked for a long time, been paying on, um, in Canada. And, uh, so, you know, and I don't know, you and I talked about maybe doing something in South Dakota as well. So, um, I, well, I actually had, I had an outfitter get a hold of me and asked if I'd be interested in coming up there and you had talked to him already. Yeah. And so I think we're going to, I mean, we're starting to put six pounds of shit in a five pound <laughs> bucket, whatever, but or six gallons of shit in a five gallon bucket. But if we can fit a weekend there in that South Dakota hunt for mule deer, that'd be cool. He seemed like a super good guy too. So, um, I looked at, you know, his website, they don't shoot, I'm sure they shoot giant deer in there, but it looks like they shoot pretty respectable deer and it's something new for me. So I was, I mean, I was look pretty cool so yeah no and and it's great for me because it's it's really close it's uh um yeah that guy actually went to uh school with my wife uh my wife's from from his hometown so that's how i knew him and uh yeah he's a super nice guy i i i was gonna hunt with him last year and just didn't make it happen and and uh um i think it would be a be an awesome hunt so what um we got we're about almost at 40 minutes what so you got out of all those bows, kind of give the list of what you thought of each one, and then what's a bow maybe you haven't shot that you've kind of interested in shooting? Um, yeah, uh, like I said, I'll start with uh, Trent's bow just because I like. I mean, honestly, Trent is the only one that I personally know. I know you know uh, both uh, both the Bob Lee guys and and uh, um, the the Black Widow, but. Uh, Trent's bow, I would say, is definitely the, uh, it, it's a smooth drawing bow. Um, I just uh, had a trouble, and, and I've always had trouble uh, tuning a bow because uh, something to do with my, my bow hand. Um, so, you know, I think his bow didn't tune very good for me. Um, and I, I feel like it's something to do maybe with the limbs. I, I don't, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I think they're just maybe, uh, too efficient and, uh, something I'm doing with the, with the bow causes, uh, issue. Um, as far as the, the Black Widow goes, it was an awesome bow. It's a pretty bow, uh, like really, really cool looking bow, <laughs> um, and it shot really well. I would say it was uh, a just close second on on noise, and and that's that's just like splitting hairs. Um, I I would say biggest thing on the widow for me is I wasn't used to the grip. Um, the grip is is quite a bit different. Um, and then you know I I, I know uh, with South's bow I, I like South. I've met him a few times. He's uh. He's super nice. He's always been really nice to me, and I love his videos. Um, but his bow, I would say the biggest problem for me uh, was the mass weight, and, and the grip uh, is way different. Uh, it's super comfortable, but it's just not the same uh, of what I'm used to. So um, his bow, uh, the mass weight of the, the actual riser was super light, and and I'm not used to that either. So that, that bow um, didn't really fit me that good. Um so really at the end end of the testing and whatever i guess i landed on the bob lee um it 
I don't know. I shot it as good probably as my Palmer. Uh, maybe it, you know, and, and it has maybe the most mass weight in the riser. I I think so. Yeah. 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 yeah I, um, and it, uh, um, so it's a little heavier than my Palmer, but uh, it felt felt really well. It felt felt really good in my hands. So that was kind of the one I landed on. Yeah, I, I was kind of the same way. I'd say the Wingard was the smoothest drawing. Um, actually, probably by a, a decent bit. Like it, yeah. it actually felt super comfortable. I think the uh, the Bobbly was the quietest, and it barely edged out the Widow. Um, and I could say, I mean. You can say it's a tuning thing, but man, I don't know if we could have screwed around with them anymore. Um, anymore, and who knows on a decibel meter, but certainly by the human ear, the the uh, the wing or excuse me, the Lee was just slightly silent, slightly more quiet. As far as the um, the stable lock system on that Lee was pretty cool. Um, you know, though with the widow, it's, it's not the same. But you've got with those elk knurled or those antler knurled knobs um, or bases, it makes it easy too, as far as take the limbs off and on. Um, probably that the prettiest bow I, I would have to say. Well, that's such a personal thing. Yeah. South makes an unbelievable looking bow. I thought the um, uh, I liked that widow. I thought it was pretty badass looking. But I think you liked the Lee a little bit better on looks. Didn't yeah, you? yeah. Well. For me, it's all about. I I don't want a wood riser anymore. Uh, <laughs> I've had a. Few, I've never had any blow up on me. Uh, but as much as I hunt, you know, I've had a few crack and and uh, you know, I, I don't think it. I think it has more to do. It it definitely has more to do with the type of wood that have been in the risers than than the the craftsmanship. Um, but for me, right now, I don't want to go to Alaska or on one of these hunts and, and get there and have, see a, you know, daylight through my riser. I, I just want something bulletproof. Um, and I really, I do like the look of that, uh, that Bob Lee it's, you know, with, it's got the black and, and, uh, um, it's just got that thin, uh, wood veneer or whatever is, is on it. And, uh, so you still kind of get the, the traditional look, but, uh, with the, the indestructible or, fairly indestructible riser i like that yeah and i've got it i mean the cool thing with all those boyers are they're all badass south's an awesome dude he's got a hell of a following trent's an awesome guy hell of a following they all make great bows the guys that uh you know the guys at widow i've gotten to know really well um and they're just miles uh toby's kid one of the owners super cool kid and then obviously toby and roger um i don't really know the other guy super great guys and then I just got to know the guys at Bob Lee, you know, in the last few months. And I mean, they're world class as well. And I, I mean, I don't, t I talked to JJ some, um, but Robert, I could talk to for, I mean, he's just cool to talk to. Uh, he's fucking, I mean, he's just an excellent guy. So you can't go wrong with any of those bows. It's really more, I mean, we talked about this today a little bit. Um, cause there was a guy going to order identical bow basically to mine. And he's yeah. like, do you think that's stupid? I don't want to look stupid. And I'm like, well, change it up a little But Dude, I do the same thing. I remember Brian Martin, when I first was watching Brian, he's a badass. I was looking at shit he was running. He was getting it done. And I'm like, all right, I should probably emulate or simulate some of the same shit this guy's <laughs> doing. Cause he's obviously got it figured out to a certain degree. And 
you know, Tom Clum, the only reason I'm shooting five inch feathers is Tom Clum did. Yeah. So it worked and I'm not yeah. gonna change. Well that's the thing. When uh when somebody is successful or somebody has a knowledge base, I, I did the same thing with your backpacking stuff because I had no idea. Uh, you know, I uh took what you said and used it and uh I never found very many things that I didn't like. So I think if you're looking at a bow and you don't have the ability to go out there and try a bunch, and maybe you haven't tried any other bows, whatever bow you like the look of, in especially in those, you know, four or five bows that we are talking about, especially those bows that are high quality, perfect, you know, very good bows, uh, I don't think you can go wrong with, with buying, you know, buying one just like Aaron has, because... Uh, you know, he's shooting it, you know, it's a good bow. He says it's a good bow. And when you shoot it, uh, you'll get used to that grip and, and it'll become that to you. I agree. And I, I mean, I'll, um, how would I put this, uh, kind of talk about packs. Guys have never owned a nice pack. They don't know. They'll call me, what should I get? And I'm like, dude, it's like a woman. There's gotta be an initial attraction you don't know the difference anyway, yeah. right? You I mean you don't know the different packs, whatever. So, if you like the look of whatever, get that one if the size requirement fits, because that's the one you initially like. So, you don't walk up to a lady and find out what's in her heart in the first five minutes. She's got to have big <laughs> boobs, a nice ass, a blonde, a brunette, whatever. And then once you have that initial attraction, you dig deeper, and okay, that's it. Well, if you don't know any better. You're just looking for a lady, and if she fits the bill of initially what you walk up, oh, she's hot. Okay, well, okay, that's a pack. Okay, you like the look of that pack. And then you can kind of, if you only dated one chick, she's going to be the best one. She might be the worst one too, but she will be what you've got, and that pack will be the same way. You'll work around with what it has as far as options and to where that will probably end up becoming your staple, like what you yeah. with a bow with me, my staple is I've got, you know, 38, 40-yard point on. I want above 170 feet per second. I've got these little parameters I try to follow. As long as the bow fits that and it's an extension of my body and I hit what I want to, there's some looks involved in that. So, I mean, you know, you kind of have to go with that, especially over online. You got to go with somebody you feel confident with and what it looks good to you. And that's about the only options you got. Yeah, no, I agree. That's uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um. I don't know if there's anything else you really wanted to cover. We're just going to shoot the shit about these bows. Um, I mean, I'm all of those bows are awesome, and I could kill stuff with any of them. Um, I kind of uh, wasn't surprised. I ended up back with the Widow in some ways just because I'd had such good luck with it. But there towards the end, I adjusted the brace height, and I was drilling pretty good with it at, well, 38. Um, you know, when I was shooting real good with it with broadheads at 20, in fact, I'm surprised I didn't split an arrow um, as long as I did everything right. Yeah. So I was excited about that, and I'm super comfortable with that bow. Plus, like I said, I like the guys at Widow, but all of those guys are awesome dudes, and certainly, I mean, any of them will work for people. This is just kind of what we found out from shooting them. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I've never really had the luxury of trying uh, different bows. I've had a couple. Um but, uh, yeah, I think if anybody's out there and they're thinking about picking up a bow, um, either hit Rocky Mountain and, and shoot a few bows or, or call Black Widow and have them guys send one out, um, from what you're telling me, I, I'm assuming Bob Lee would do the same thing. They, uh, uh, from what you've said, uh, they, they seem to be pretty cool guys. Um, 
uh, I'll definitely be dealing with them in the in the future because um, they make a pretty sweet bow. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, cool. Well, man, uh, it's been kind of a gear dump weekend for uh, for Jake. He got lucky because I had a <laughs> ton of shit to get rid of, so it was definitely worth the the trip. Because I, the good thing about it is, in one way, obviously, my wife starts yelling at me because I can get rid of some of all these damn t-shirts that get come in the mail. But the other thing too is like, uh, you know, gear wise and broadheads and arrows and bows and testing and shit. It's kind of hard. You're out in the middle of BFE, yeah. right? You don't have a lot of options. We were talking about that. Even like grocery shopping, you got Walmart, right? Yeah, uh, we don't have. Yeah, we have Walmart and a Safeway. Uh, yeah, we don't have much. <laughs> and the peanut butter bar, I got addicted to those. Oh yeah, thanks for that. By the way, they're like a thousand calories per bar. I'm gonna be like, yeah, yeah I'm gonna be huge <laughs> next time you see me. Oh uh, yeah, but no, it's it's been good. Um, I think uh, we might go do the, well, boots. Talk about that for a second, yeah. actually. Yeah, no, I, uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, and, and thanks, Aaron, for turning me into one of your Snyderites, I think. Because <laughs> uh, now, I, I mean, I'm sitting here wearing exactly uh, what you wear uh, because it is yours that you've given me, so thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, no, the boots, uh, Aaron... You know, I, I've been wearing Kenetrex, um, and the only other boot that I've ever worn, and I've had really good luck with the Kenetrex, but it's not obviously uh, a super stiff uh, mountaineering boot. Um, super comfortable, uh, has lasted me pretty good for what they are. You know, uh, they're not super waterproof, so um, definitely I took two boots to Alaska, and and uh, and I needed them. Um, but, uh, so Aaron, let me try on a few. I tried, uh, Scarpas, I think. Yeah. You tried Scarpas and Garmont. Yeah. And, uh, did you try on my, uh, Hanfogs? Yeah. No, that's what I'm wearing, isn't it? Uh, well, no, I should have said the Makara. Oh yeah. No, no, I never did try those. Well, yeah. But you, what's crazy is I got a new set of Zamberlins in, um, 2092s, they're like a flexible mountaineering boot. And uh, my feet are so effed up that I have to like, it's gotta be perfect for it to work. And I've done nothing but talk about these boots all weekend. He has. Yeah. Fuck. I, it's just so hard. So this is my dream boot. Like this is the boot I would, not for everything, but for everything mountain hunting for me, it's a flexible mountaineering boot and it's not super flexible, but it's got some flex. Um, and I just, I, I saw they were at the Western Hunt Expo. I didn't go. Well, I saw some videos they're uploading. So I looked online and I saw the spiel about these and like, oh, they're this, whatever. And I'm like, I should have gone to the fucking show just to try these <laughs> boots. And so I shot the lady a message and said, hey, do you guys have like a pro form discount pricing or something? And I said, I'm going to buy them either way, but if you do, great. And uh, they ended up giving me a... Um, can't remember what they gave me, 20% off or something. So I ordered them, and I'm like, these better fit, right? Um, because I was having some issues with some other boots. So I got them, and it was like putting on a glove for a mountaineering boot. So I was pretty fucking excited about that. So I'm like, hey, Jake, try on all these boots because <laughs> I have too many. Um and you like the Omega, which yeah. is probably the most burly boot I have. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I've only worn it, um, you know, around uh, pretty flatland stuff that we've been doing here at RMS and and uh, whatnot. But uh, um, 
yeah, I was a little surprised that that I liked it. Um, yeah, and they're and they're they were brand new. I don't know if you've ever even worn them. Those ones I didn't. I I can pretty tell pretty quickly if I'm going to be at heel rub. I just tie them up, get on steps, and do heel raises. Yeah. I can tell if it's going to rub. So those I'm like, man, I think I'm going to get heel rub on these, which was weird because I had omegas before and I didn't get it. So who knows what happens with my feet or different. So. I thought, well, man, I'll either send them back to him or give them to a buddy, and uh, I don't think I had worn them. Um, no, they look. They, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, the I don't. The sole didn't even look like it had any wear on it. So um, I truly can tell almost immediately. Thank God, finally, that I don't even have to go walk around. I, not always, but well, I'm just gonna say always. I can tell in my living room and, and doing calf raises. Yeah, if I'm fucked, and, and because. With a mountaineering boot, because you have to have a perfect fit on a mountaineering boot or pretty damn close before you don't have issues. And I am excited to get up the side of the mountain with these because um, I'm. you've seen my boots. Once I find one that works, inevitably, my favorite boot gets discontinued or falls apart. I had the Scarpa Triolet, quit making it. Then I had the Charmeuse, and it seems like the fucker's getting narrower. I can't get it to yeah. fit the front, or my foot's getting fatter. And that one was my favorite boot. And then I had those Makaras, and they're great boot, most comfortable boot I've worn, but durability-wise, had some issues. And so, you know what? If I wouldn't have taken on so many mountain hunts, I probably wouldn't have had that problem. But they just weren't holding up. And so I'm like, you know, I told Frank, I'm like, dude, I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board on boots, like, which is a pain in the ass to find these boots because I get heel rub. Um, I got a fat foot in the front, narrow heel cup. And so, you know, go to a mountaineering store and trying these on, explaining what you're doing, trying not to piss off any of the locals <laughs> or the natives, you know, and then especially because I've gotten to the point where I'll pick a pack in and when they do the heel, you know, you walk up the little thing. Yeah. And you do that with a hundred pound pack on. They're like, what the hell are you doing? So when these came, I, I literally about pissed my pants in excitement. I was like, I put them on and I'm, Literally, it was like, holy shit, these are comfy. So I, I'm excited because I have still on the never-ending quest for the perfect mountain hunting boot. Yeah, I think our feet must be, uh, yours must be just a hair longer or something because, uh, of course, I've never had any real problems with heel rub, uh, knock on wood. But, um, yeah, I was excited that you liked those boots so much because these ones fit me pretty well. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, we're going to go get some barbecue, I think. Um and then uh, hopefully Amy's not tired of us yet, but um, she did get to shoot a lot today, so I don't think she is. Anything to follow up with? Uh, no, uh, just thanks for having me out, man. I, it, was, it was awesome. Oh, yeah, no, no problem. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in.